Well, it's good to be with you today. It, it really is. I've, I've had a rough few weeks. I went to Thailand and got sick while we were there. And on the way back, I came down with COVID and then uh, just starting to kind of come out of that. And, and last Sunday afternoon, I got a sore throat and turns out I was, I was coming down with the flu. And so I've been battling the flu uh, all this week. And uh, I guess it's because I hadn't recovered from COVID. It was, uh, the flu was a lot worse than COVID. But anyway, uh, I'm here. So Praise the Lord for that. It's glad to be out of the house. Yeah. But a lot of us have had a, a rough year, hadn't we? I mean, we've we, we got a global recession going on. There may be some people in a unique situation, but the vast majority of us, uh, if you understand inflation and economics, we're, the vast majority of us are poorer this Christmas than we were last Christmas. We've seen a war going on in our world. Some of us have experienced personal tragedies, lost loved ones, been in conflict with loved ones, felt betrayed by an employer. We've experienced all kinds of things. Some folks in this room, we've, we've, we've had a rough year. And yet we come into a time when we talk about uh, joy and peace and hope and love. It's just that the question is, uh, when you're down, how does, how does uh, joy become a reality? The good news is we're not the first to have a down year. You see, when we go to the Bible, we find God speaking to us from the lives of so many people who, whether you understand it or not, experience exactly what we're experiencing. Their culture was different, their language, different, their clothes were different, but same problems. That's why the Bible's so timeless. So today I want to take us to a man named Habakkuk. He was an Old Testament prophet. And we often think about prophets predicting the future. And sometimes they did. Sometimes God revealed the future through the Old Testament prophets. But more than predicting the future, the primary role of the prophets was to explain where the present was headed. They weren't for so much telling what was going to happen most of the time as they were telling what was going to happen if the people didn't change course. And Habakkuk saw that they were on track to be invaded and overtaken by the Babylonians. He knew that the northern kingdom had already been carried off into exile because God sent prophet after prophet after prophet, but they wouldn't listen and they wouldn't repent. And so God used a foreign power to discipline them. And Habakkuk knew that the southern kingdom where he ministered, that place called Judah in his day, that they are on the same track. He saw it coming. And he did everything in his power to change it. But the people wouldn't listen. And yet, Habakkuk had joy. He had joy. There's something a little more serious, though, about Habakkuk's situation. 
It was not just his own personal interest at stake, but God had made a promise. God was going to raise up a people. He was going to establish a kingdom through David, and he was going to send hope to the people. They were looking for the Messiah. And how would the Messiah come if there was no kingdom to come to? How would he arise out of God's people if there were no people? You see, the very promise of God was at stake. And yet Habakkuk found joy. Because you see, Habakkuk put his faith and his trust in the Lord. So this morning, as we look at his prophecy, it shows us how to have joy. Even when we can't see anything in our circumstances that would make us joyful. So Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Here's what the Bible says. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Let's pray together. God, give us faith today like Habakkuk, who saw no reason for joy other than your power and your promise. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, when we think about joy, uh, joy, it can't be based on, on circumstances. Do you know that life is full of ups and downs? Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not always going to be up. Habakkuk lived in a time where uh, life was mostly down for him. In fact, earlier in the chapter, here's what Habakkuk says about his own time. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 3, the second part, it says, Destruction and violence are before me. He's describing his own people. Strife and contention arise. So the laws paralyze and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. When he says the wicked surround the righteous, he's talking about the nation of Babylon who is impending to take over. So he lived in a dark time. He lived in a time where people, people who understood what was going on didn't, didn't have a lot, of, a lot of hope. And all of us are going to have seasons of ups and downs in life. Life can't always be up. You can't always be on the mountaintop. There are going to be times when you're going to have a health crisis. Some of us will battle cancer, heart disease. There's going to be times when you have relationship crisis. Uh, some of you, uh, your spouse may cheat on you, and you're going to go through a very dark period in your life. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that can happen in life. This uh, recession, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it's going to get worse. Maybe you're going to lose your job. 
there's a lot of bad things that can happen in life. You're not always up. And if you look toward your circumstances to find joy, then there'll be a lot of times when you can't find any joy. Because there's, not, there's nothing to celebrate about being sick. There's nothing to celebrate about being betrayed. There's nothing to celebrate about being unemployed. If you're looking to your circumstances to find joy, there are going to be a lot of times when you say, well, I don't have anything to be joyful about. And you'd be right. If you're basing your joy in your circumstances, life is up and life is down. But, but the key to understanding what God is saying to us here is this, is this word, though, the first word in verse 17. Listen to what it says. Though the fig tree should not blossom. And, and we're not a, you know, we're not a directly agricultural people. Some of you farm on an industrial level, but, but we, don't all, we don't walk out into our fields and depend upon what grows on our land to feed us and to survive. So we might be a little separated from this. But what Habakkuk is saying here when he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, or the produce of the olive fail, what he's saying is, if I have no more paycheck, my 401k is dried up, and there's no food in the grocery store to buy. That's what he's talking, that's what, that's what this would mean for him. There's just nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and that's not where they were yet, but Habakkuk is saying, if this goes where I think it's going, and this gets as bad as it can get, though, it, that word though means even though, even though things may get this bad, I'll still rejoice in the Lord. You see, Habakkuk's joy, it wasn't in spite of his circumstances. It was just unrelated to his circumstances. Habakkuk understood what was, what was most important and primary in life. Do you know, wisdom will often give us perspective. Sometimes we have to live for a long time to get some really good perspective. But many times people toward the latter part of their life, they begin to distinguish with great clarity What's important <coughs> and what's not important. And so when we think about, excuse me, if you've been longing for a short sermon, this might be it. Nobody, nobody in their deathbed says, honey, bring me that picture of the house one more time. Let me see our beautiful house. Nobody does that. Nobody says, honey, bring, bring me the pictures of my cars. Nobody does that. But yet younger, that younger person in their life, it seems like the most important thing, doesn't it? The house that we live in, the car that we drive. But toward the end of our life, we gain perspective. We begin to realize what's important, what's not. So Habakkuk understood that what was most important was his salvation. 
2 Corinthians 5.1, this is what it says. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. Now, the tent that he's talking about is his body, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we are always of good courage. For we know that while we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul, who had perspective at the end of his life, he understood that he was living according to faith in God, not according to circumstances that he could see. The key message of Habakkuk is that the righteous shall live by his faith. Thank you, Clark. The righteous should live by his faith faith so our joy can't be based on circumstances and so when we think about the lord we always have a reason to rejoice in the lord so look at verse 18 verse 18 says yet i will rejoice in the lord i will take joy in the god of my salvation you see our circumstances may change but the lord never changes circumstances are temporary but the Lord is eternal. In fact, in Malachi chapter 3, 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. So when you think about this year, I know that many of us have had a rough year. It may be a down time in your life in general. It may be a whole down season in your life. But it will change. It'll change. Circumstances change. I was saved when I was nine years old. Almost everything about my life, almost every single circumstance has, has changed since then. I was a child. I was living in the, in the, the early 80s. Ronald Reagan was president. We were in the middle of a Cold War with the, the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist anymore. computers we didn't even have a hard drive write a program and as soon as you turn it off it's gone anybody remember those days we could not even envision the cell phone i mean almost everything about all my circumstances have changed since then i hadn't met my wife i didn't i didn't know god was going to call me to ministry Everything about my circumstances have changed, but the Lord has not changed. He's the same today as he was the day he saved me. And when we've forgotten about 2022, the Lord will still be the same. Habakkuk had this perspective. He understood that his joy didn't come from his circumstances. Because if your joy comes from your circumstances, guess what? Those circumstances are going to change someday. Whatever it is about your circumstances that's giving you joy, it's going to one day be gone. But when you find your joy in the Lord, he will never be gone and he will never change. He's the same every day. 
I want us to think about this for a moment. Just a little aside as we think about circumstances. Do you know not every bad circumstance is bad for you? It's not. Not every bad circumstance is bad for you. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 through 9. It says, two things I ask of you. This is the, the writer asking the Lord. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove from me falsehood and lying. But listen to this. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is needful for me. And here's why. Here's what he says. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? You know, sometimes the downs in our life can remind us of our dependence upon the Lord. And sometimes when we think we're up, it can actually greatly harm us. There's a lot of wealthy people in this world that are depressed, lonely, and suicidal. Sometimes bad things, bad circumstances can help you and make you stronger. In fact, sometimes God uses them to get you where you need to go. If Joseph had not been sold into slavery by his own brothers and then falsely accused by his new master, he would have never become second in command of Egypt and saved his family from the famine. <clears throat> the Bible says that joy comes in the morning, but you can't see the morning without making it through the night. And there could be no resurrection without the crucifixion. Not everything in life is that's bad is bad for you. There's times in life when God has a purpose, and there's times in life when God is doing things, and sometimes God is doing things through our pain and through our suffering that we can't even understand. And just because you don't know what God is doing does not mean that God is not doing anything. This is where faith comes in. And so Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, listen to what the Lord said to Habakkuk. He said, look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. That's what the Lord told Habakkuk. He said, if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. You see, when Habakkuk looked at his circumstances, all he could see was that the people were corrupt. The people were rebelling against God. They wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't repent. The Babylonians were becoming more and more powerful. They were taking over everywhere. He knew it was just inevitable. The north had already been carried off by the Syrians. Now they're going to be carried off by the Babylonians. He saw what was coming. And he cried out to the Lord in the midst of these, these horrible circumstances. And God said, Habakkuk, if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't even believe it. Habakkuk didn't know what the Lord was doing. But he put his faith in him. And he trusted him. Habakkuk could have demanded an answer and said, Lord, how are you going to preserve your people? How are you going to bring the Messiah? But he didn't. He didn't demand an answer from God. He put his faith in him. In chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk would write, but the righteous shall live 
by his band. All Habakkuk could see was the impending invasion of the Babylonian Empire. But God knew he was going to bring a remnant back and rebuild the temple. And that's exactly what he did. And so how do we rejoice? Well, we rejoice because we recognize that the Lord is our strength. The Lord. So verse 19, he says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. So Habakkuk knew that the Lord was his, was his strength. Not military might, not money, not even food in the midst of a famine could do for him what God could do for him. And so when we think about our life and where we are, you don't have to understand what God is doing in order to believe he's doing something. You can put your faith and your trust in him. It's exactly what Habakkuk did. Now, of course, today we live on this side of the cross. We know exactly what God was going to do. They were carried off by the Babylonians. But then God raised up the Persian Empire and used Cyrus to send a remnant back. They would rebuild the temple and later the Messiah would be brought to that very temple you see in second samuel chapter 7 verse 16 the bible describes god's promise to david it says in your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me your throne shall be established forever this was the promise that god made to david and in luke chapter 2 this is the the new testament gospel account we see this promise fulfilled in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. On that day in Habakkuk's life, the Lord said to him, he said, look among the nations and see and wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told. God did that work. He brought the people back. He sent his son his son who would lay down his life to be the sacrifice for our sins. And having faith that God who has always acted for our salvation is how we find joy. It's how that we come to an attitude like Habakkuk when he said, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and they be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Habakkuk found joy even in the midst of a downtime in his life and the nation because he looked to the Lord 
if you're going to find joy in your 401k, that's going to be a roller coaster ride of up and down, up and down. If you're going to find joy in your health, people don't get healthier as they get older. That's going to be a, a life of diminishing returns if that's where you're going to look for joy. But if you find joy in the Lord, it won't matter. It won't matter if you're broke. It won't matter when you're sick. You'll understand that even if you leave this earth, you're going to go to be with the Lord. You're going to experience the riches of being adopted in the family of God. And it's not that our situation on this earth doesn't matter. It's just so insignificant by comparison. So this season, if you look to the Lord and not your circumstances for joy, you'll find it. You'll be able to rejoice no matter what's going on around you. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks today that time and time again you've kept your promise. You've fulfilled your word. Habakkuk saw a foreign nation threatening to carry your people off into exile. And yet he rejoiced in you. God, when we're down, May you be the focus of our life. Help us to find joy in what you've provided for us in your son. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may not understand this, but Christmas, it's, 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 uh, it's not about all these symbols. These symbols were all meant to point us to the one whom it's about, and that's Jesus. And the reason that Jesus came was to die for our sin. You see, what seems right to us is that we need to pay for our sin. But the Bible says very clearly that it's not possible. Only Jesus can do that. And when he went to the cross, he purchased the gift of forgiveness for you. And if you want that forgiveness, there's only one way to get it. And it's simply to receive it as a gift by faith. And so today, if you were to simply pray and tell the Lord that you believe this message and that you want to be forgiven, today you could be forgiven. You could be adopted into God's family. And you may never be richer on this earth. You may never be in better health. But you'll be a child of the King. And you'll have a reason to rejoice, even in the darkest, lowest moments of your life. And that's, that's the reason that we have for joy at Christmas. And so if you've never received this gift from the Lord today, I want to ask you right now, as we sing a song, would you just call on the Lord in prayer? Today you can be forgiven. You can be adopted into God's family. The Lord has made all this possible, but it's just up to us whether we'll receive it or not as a gift.
If you're here today and you know that you're a child of God, but maybe you've been distracted by things that just really aren't of eternal importance, I would encourage you today to find your hope in the Lord and to trust in him. So however you need to respond, let's do it now as we sing together. Let's stand as we sing. I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily.